this is the Asteria podcast where I talk about my life experiences and how they've shaped me in building self-awareness and in return, finding ease in life. Why am I doing this podcast in the first place? And I wanted to share this because it's more for myself, for my inner child. Growing up in Canada and in the 80s, there was no internet and so my outer world was uh, the only place that I could see examples of how I could live my life. And on TV, all, all that I ever saw on screen were white people. And so even as a kid growing up and only consistently seeing this on screen, I thought that I was actually white. I completely denied my Korean heritage, and especially when I started going to school, I thought I was just like everyone else. Uh, it wasn't until one day I had a few friends over, and I we were all in the bathroom for some reason, <laughs> and looking in the mirror, I finally like physically saw how I was different than everyone else. And that just kind of ended up being my life story, even still to this day. I, I never feel like I fully belong anywhere. So in saying that, me doing this podcast, this is for my inner child to let her know that there is somebody like you. And that you do belong, even if it's just to one person, which is myself. But in saying that, let me let me give you some um, let me paint you a picture. So, I was born in Canada. My parents immigrated from Korea, and growing up here, my parents were also Christian. And so, as a kid, I I grew up uh, in a Christian. Korean church and then going to school I went to a public school system and where I lived uh, there were very very few people of color so mainly white people that I was surrounded by and then at church because I went to a Korean church I did get you know exposed to other Koreans um, but that my church story can be its own podcast, which I will probably do. So as a kid now, I grew up at the church, went to public school system, and then grew up here in Canada. And so I, I always felt like I was the sore thumb that really stuck out anywhere that I went. So in school, like I was the only Asian girl. Also, I was very athletic and a tomboy, and so I loved playing sports, and there wasn't too many girls my age that also loved playing sports, so that was one way I thought that I didn't belong. I would always play soccer with all the boys. And then at church, because I was so athletic and a tomboy, I really didn't fit in there either because all the other Korean girls there, they were typical girly girls. You know, they liked playing with dolls or doing hobbies and crafts, wherever me, I always just wanted to play some sort of sport or do something physically active. 
But I did like um, drawing, but I wasn't uh, encouraged to draw because the only kind of creative thing that I was allowed to do was play piano. And that's pretty stereotypical of any Asian American kid, is it not? (laughs) It's either piano or violin, right? And then career-wise... My parents either wanted me to be the same as them, so my mom ended up being a hairdresser. And my dad, he, you know, worked his way up into this company where he was um, the vice president of a steel construction business. So he did fairly well, but it didn't start that way. So growing up, we didn't have that much money, but I never felt like we were poor because there was always food on the table We never had to worry about the roof over our head. Uh, The only inkling or reasoning I knew as a kid that we weren't well off was that we always shopped at thrift stores. And, of course, it was through other kids I got this idea that shopping at thrift stores was not quite as prestigious as getting brand new clothes, especially brand named clothes. But as a kid, you know, I didn't think anything of it. Uh, What I consistently heard from my parents were the things that I had to do or be. And most of the things that my mom, I'm going to say my mom specifically, because my dad, all he really did was work. And so he wasn't around as much, but I never felt like a lack of his presence because we did have say every Saturday my dad would go grocery shopping and often I would be the one that he would ask first if he wanted if he wanted some company and oftentimes I would go and usually it would end up just being me and him so shopping ended up being like daddy daughter time for me and still to this day I I love grocery shopping I I think because I had so many good memories with my dad just grocery shopping And when you go grocery shopping, you get to get all the foods that you want. Anyways, as I go back to the reason why I'm making this this podcast is that as a kid, I did not get modeled a different way of being outside of the norm. And right from the beginning, I always felt like an outsider in any crowd that I was in. And so I consistently played this game of trying to be like everyone else so that I could fit in. But in being this way, I never felt any fulfillment. And I was dying inside, but I didn't even realize this until my late adult years. So growing up in Canada... Uh, My parents also spoke English to me at home because they thought I would adjust a lot better if I already spoke English going into school. And so I also couldn't speak Korean, even still to this day. I have shame over that, but I'm working on it. (laughs) And the amount of racism, though, that I was faced as a kid, it was quite a bit, to the point where I hated everything that had to do with Korean things. As a kid, I would get uh, made fun of of the food that I would bring to school. They thought it 
it was really stinky and so foreign. And so I got ashamed of uh, Korean food, even though I loved Korean food the most. I mean, in general, I love food. But Korean food, the best. Um, I thought that I was completely white because I wanted to be white. Uh, nobody had even heard of a Korean back then. So this is in the 80s. And so whenever they saw me, I remember a kid saying to me one time, uh, so are you Chinese? And I said, no. And then he goes on to say, so then you must be Japanese. I'm like, no, I'm not Japanese either. And so he went on to, to just question, so then what are you? And in me saying that I'm Korean, he's like, uh, he had no clue what that even was. Well, uh, what am I? Who am I? Nobody's even heard of the culture that I come from. Like, think of the impact that could make on a kid. But for me, I didn't even realize it either until years later of the impact. So I completely denied my Korean heritage for a really long time. Even in the church, you know, Christians, they're supposed to be the most loving and accepting people. Yet I have come to experience, and I'm not speaking to all Christians, okay, but my experience, Christians were the most judgmental people and especially Korean Christians. Because what I experienced in the church, because I wasn't fluent in Korean, there was shame brought upon me. I was often heard the expression, why can't you speak Korean? Why can't you speak the, the language of our motherland? And so also at home, when I did try to speak Korean, my mom would always just laugh because she thought it was cute but for me as a kid being laughed at every time I tried to speak Korean not very encouraging and so I you could say I was pretty traumatized like I don't want to learn Korean even still to this day I still struggle with learning Korean still impacting me to this day and I'm in my 40s so as a kid I was a really really good kid and where I would do the things that my parents wanted me to do I'd be really good in school I'd get good grades I was a very punctual kid in fact I was like my mom's alarm clock for a lot of the years where she would drive me to school because I would tell her things like you have five minutes until we need to leave the house uh, what else I played piano even though I didn't want to and I went to church every single Sunday, even to the point where growing up in the church, I became a Sunday school teacher. I even uh, was a praise, the praise and worship leader band, band leader. And I even started a dance program at the church, which that in itself was a little bit too much for the church. They they didn't see any value in dance until the kids, they would really, they really loved it until the first performance. Then some parents were like, wow, that was, that was so great. Even me explaining to the parents that I'm, I'm going to teach dances to Christian music. It was still hard for them to even fathom having some sort of program like this at the church. So, as a kid, I would have loved seeing an example of a tomboy, 
a, a girl that was really athletic and also somebody that was queer. But because I was never modeled that or even seen an example of that, I grew up thinking that I had to be straight, that I had to get a good job and be really good in school, and that my only purpose in life was to get married to a man, have kids, and and that's it. But consistently throughout most of my young adult life and childhood life, I never really felt fulfilled in anything but that the way that I could be aware of that was that knowing that I didn't belong anywhere I didn't belong with any sort of crowd so in living this life where I was doing all the things that my parents wanted me to do I never missed school I always went to church uh, I played the piano all those things I was miserable. I remember there was a period in my life where I had built up so much resentment towards my mom that I couldn't even stand to be in the same room as her. So as soon as she would enter the same room as me, I would just leave that room. I remember one time it got that bad. Um, But my mom probably has no awareness of this because in, in our household... All my parents ever said to me was like that I just had to be happy. I wasn't allowed to be overly expressive or emotional. Uh, I remember if I were, if I did cry over something, um, that they would kind of leave me alone in my room to cry or they would tell me to not cry. And... If I got too excited over something, like I remember there was a family vacation, we were going to go to Disneyland, and I I was so excited the night before we had to leave. My parents, like, pretty much scolded me, saying, like, don't be so excited. And so, as a kid, consistently being told these things, like, I'm only allowed to feel happy, well, I really repressed a lot of my emotions. And even as a kid, like, did I really know what happiness was? I mean, my only gauge for knowing that I was happy is if my parents wouldn't complain about my expression that I was doing. And so because of this, though, I, I there was a lot about my life I never shared with my parents. So in following all these rules, and also especially with the church, in the church, I, I looked like a really good kid, too, like um, because I did agree to be a Sunday school teacher, even though I've never have any Sunday school lessons planned. I would end up just talking with the kids. And because of this, the kids actually loved me the most, that they would brag to their parents. And because of that, the parents thought that I was such a great Sunday school teacher when really I was never, ever teaching anything from the Bible. I would play games with the kids. I would make acti- get activities ready or just talk to them. And in school too, I was I was pretty academically well off. I was smart. Um, but if I wanted to pursue more creative artsy things, uh, like in band, 
I was only ever allowed to play clarinet or saxophone because I think my sister played that. And so therefore my parents got this idea that that's what girls play. But when I joined a band, I wanted to actually either play trumpet at first, but my parents, my mom said, no, that's only what boys do that. So then I settled for clarinet. And then the next year, um, the band director, he asked if I wanted to play percussion because I must have expressed some uh, interest in there. And I was like, yeah, I want to play bass. I want to play the drums or something in percussion. But as soon as my parents found out, they pretty much told me, like, no, you can't do that. Only boys are allowed to do that. So I ended up playing alto saxophone, just like my older sister. And this was a consistent theme I also heard throughout my childhood. There were things that I weren't allowed to do because I was simply a girl. And having a younger brother to see all of the things that he was allowed to do, it, it really created I really created this story inside of me that being a female being a girl sucks because there's so many things I'm not allowed to do and and in in being so like this is why I developed this is probably why I why I was such a tomboy because I wanted to be a boy I didn't want to be a girl so from school church and my parents doing everything that all these places telling me that I should be I was living a good life in where people you know thought that I was a good person they thought that I was responsible that I was reliable dependable all these good traits right but they were all feeding my ego and they weren't feeding my soul and so I don't know what when I thought of this one question that really changed my perspective on a lot of things. And that one question was, if my parents died tomorrow, how would I change things or, or who would I be? Would I finally start to deciding to do the things that I wanted to do once my parents are dead? And in having this thought, it just struck something in my mind thinking like why am I waiting until they die I mean if if they died tomorrow and all they knew of me of th was this person that just did as she was told well they they never really know who I am because I never really well I did share things like I wanted to become a dancer but my parents really shut that down saying like no there's no future in that they kept telling me to quit dancing when I would when I would pursue dancing. They quit telling me to quit. What was the other things? If I wanted to get, say, a piercing in, uh, on on the upper cartilage of my ear, one day I did it without my mom's permission or my parents' permission, and as soon as my mom saw it, she freaked out, literally tried to rip it out of my ear, and told me and asked me, like, are you part of a gang now? And so all the things that I found interest in, I would consistently be punished for it. But then when I had this thought of like, okay, if my parents died the next day, would I finally be okay with just doing all the things I wanted to do? I, I just thought like, I'm not going to wait for them to die. And so this is where my real journey of 
remembering who I was, but at that time it was like discovering who I am. And that one question really started the transformation of going within myself and therefore being more of myself and finding more fulfillment in my life. So this podcast, again, is for my inner child so that she knows that she is seen, that she's heard, that there are others like her, and that it's okay to be who you are. Because when I had that thought, uh, if my parents died, how would things change? I right away came up with things like I would, I wouldn't be so judgmental. All those things my mom said that I could, I wasn't allowed to do as a girl, I would do all of those things. And I would be more expressive. I'd be more creative. I would not be so judgmental of others. I would be way more accepting. And... I would probably want to date girls. So just in having this thought, it just like changed my whole world that I could be who I want and I don't have to wait for somebody's permission to be who I am. And so this is going to kind of going to be the theme of, of all my podcasts of my discovery of self-awareness of the things that I were t- I was told I did them because that's what I thought I had to do. But then when I really started to question things, then I really started to find more of myself and was being more of myself. And in doing that, I, I changed my whole world. And so if I can do it, anybody can do it. And I'm here just to share my experiences, hoping that it will help somebody else out there. But if not, it's for my inner child to let her know that she's become the person that she wants to be and that she is completely allowed to be expressive, to be as emotionally intense as she wants to be, and it's okay. So thanks for tuning in, and I'll catch you on the next episode.